here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe. Thank you for checking out the show. Appreciate everybody who's been listening and reposting, sending me feedback. Always, always appreciate it. And last episode, make sure you go back and listen if you have not heard it yet with Music G. Play a new song from him called Jaw Jackin' with Mr. Hooper. Really good stuff. Definitely go check that out if you haven't heard it yet. As well as all the other episodes, I have so many. This is number 41. So when I first started doing this, I had no idea how many I would get to, how long I'd be doing this, and um, I'll leave the 41. This has really, really been fun experience doing this. And as always, you can find the show on all digital platforms, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, CastBox, TuneIn, PodBay, PodKnife, all the pods. Follow the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter, Instagram, Infinite Banter Podcast, Facebook at Infinite Banter, and there is a YouTube channel. Just search Infinite Banter. You will find it. Clips from past guests are on there as well. Really excited about this episode. For those who have been listening, you know I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead, not just the show, but the comic book as well, and I'm really excited to bring a guest today, Joshua Michael, who played Jared. He's one of the saviors on the show. If you remember in season seven and eight, he was on there. He's a guy who was introduced as one of the members of Gavin's group, the one that would collect from the kingdom. And he, his first introduction into the show was that he punches Richard right in the face. <laughs> that's how you, that's how you're introduced to him, and you pretty much hate him almost immediately. But uh, his character is very memorable, and as much as you didn't like him, there was there was something about him that made you pay attention. And that's why you got to get props to Joshua and the way he portrayed that role. So we're talking to Joshua about his time on The Walking Dead and movies he's done, and he does some impressions which are funny. And found out he used to be in a band, and we're gonna actually play a couple of those songs from his group. So a whole lot going on here. Really appreciate everybody who's checking it out on the other side of this we'll be talking with joshua michael as you know him as jared from the walking dead but before the show starts it never never begins until the one and only dmc says this yo yo what's up this is me dmc the k-i-n-g the greatest mc in history and right now you're listening to infinite banter because we will banter on forever because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be i be infinite banter are right, you checking out the Infinite Banter podcast? I am Mark Jolf, and I am pleased to be joined by an actor you've seen in many movies like Heist, Stuber, Vengeance, A Love Story, to name a few. You've seen him on TV and shows like Black Lightning. But we all know him as the savior that you love to hate. He played Jared on The Walking Dead. The one and only Joshua Michael is on the Infinite Banter podcast. What's going on, Josh? Just taking it easy, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate your time and coming on. And uh, big Walking Dead fan. So uh, really excited to talk to you and uh, get your feedback on your time on the show and everything. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds great. Before you worked on Walking Dead, talk about when you first got started in acting. When was your first gig? Uh, how did you get into uh, the acting business? I started doing theater in high school. I had a, a instructor that kind of saw whatever, a spark or whatever in me, a uh, uh, a desire to to do this thing uh-huh. um he he had me along in some musicals and then eventually i played Gollum in the hobbit before the before the uh lord of the rings movies came out um but i was you know kind of basing my Gollum on by and large on uh the cartoon version which is fantastic if folks out there haven't seen i it, need but, to check it out because i gotta see how it relates to you <laughs> oh yeah it's great um uh, Gollum in that that particular uh, animated feature or whatever is you know he's a little bit screechier than the uh, than, than the one that's in Lord of the Rings but um so I ended up doing that I uh, really loved it I fell in love with it at that point because playing a, a character like Gollum it, it was just cool my um, my mentor 
the theater director. Um, he, he pushed me to pursue it further. And so I went down to Florida State. I studied theater and creative writing. Um, they have a really fantastic film school down there. So I, I started doing student films, started auditioning for student films and eventually acting in student films and kind of sharpened my teeth down there a little bit. I was in a band and we toured. I, I graduated in 2007 and, and I stayed in the band until 2010. Um, and we, we toured the, the country playing music and um, I, I kind of put acting on the back burner. But What kind of music was and, the band? What did you, what did you guys play mostly? Um, it's it's uh, it, it was indie rock stuff. It, it the band's called Look Mexico, and you know our, our claim to fame, I guess, is we had a song on Rock Band Network, which was cool. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we we toured around, and like you're you're living up in Chicago now, right? Uh huh. Yeah, we played through. Um, we would play through Shubas. Wow, Shubas is a classic place for concerts here. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's well, awesome. We had we had some, and a lot of my friends from Florida State moved up there, so we would. You know, it, it would basically just be a reunion of my Florida State friends. Yeah, it's a real small, intimate place, so it works really well for uh, for that, yeah. Yeah, it was a great venue. Um, but in 2010, my, my dad was having some health issues, and I, I, my band was trying to move to Austin. And uh, so I, I got out of that. I, I decided to move home, and when I moved home, I got with an agency um, shortly thereafter, and, and the business was really starting to cook along in Atlanta at that point, and um, and then I just, just, uh, you know, started auditioning the first, I got a couple small commercials. Like I got a medieval times commercial, a regional medieval times commercial. And I see a pattern uh, here, Lord of the Rings, medieval times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, uh, made my, my rounds, you know, in the, in the larger, uh, uh, fantasy kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so I, I ended up, um, uh, you know, getting some small commercials and eventually I got my first line or speaking role on a tv or film job was in bet's the game um and i played a meth head uh, oh, <laughs> soliciting one of the lead characters Kalika right for uh do they think because you played in a rock band that that should come easy for you or something <laughs> I, I think it's just the look I, right right you know i look like a dirtbag i got long hair and you know i'm, I'm kind of wiry and I guess look like I do drugs. Oh, I actually, that, that's been my entire life. Right. My, uh, it, in middle school, one of my, I, I had, you know, I, I was kind of like, I guess a skater kid or whatever. I didn't really skate, but I dressed like one. And I was making great grades, and and I had, uh, I had my teachers kind of pull me aside and be like, Josh, we're worried, worried that you're smoking too much weed. And I'm, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> this was like seventh grade or sixth grade. I'm like, I'm not smoking any. I don't. Smoking anything, I just—I I guess I, I affected my—I, you know, I used to kind of affect my voice because I really love, like, you know, SoCal culture, just being chill and wearing sandals, and, you know, right. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, by the way, know. teacher, what is this weed you're talking about? Where do I get it? You know, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, well, all right, I was—I was fully aware that that folks, you know, that partook in in the in the weed, but. I just, you know, I, I was never my thing completely, and so I, yeah. But I've, I've, I guess I've always looked at type. I, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Long story short, uh, yeah, I, I was in BETs of the game, and then it, it's been a, a slow climb since then. And so that was 2010 or 2011, I think, is when I booked that that job, and it's been a slow climb since. But it, you know, slow and steady. Can we actually find your music online anywhere? Is that possible? Oh yeah, uh, Look Mexico is um, Look Mexico is on Spotify and. Pandora and iTunes. Um, there's a, a I, I did uh, some of our early music videos. I, I handled 
um, myself. So I used to direct our music videos and design our shirts and stuff. And um, so if you look, if you look up, you're not afraid of the dark, are you? By Look Mexico. All our all our songs were um, Vin Diesel quotes. Um, <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah, the, the the song titles were so that one came from uh, Chronicles of Riddick, I think. But, that uh, is definitely unique. Yeah. Does Vin Diesel have any idea? Uh, we've tried. I think we've tried. I've tried certainly tweeting at him a couple of times. Like, hey man, you know, we're you know we're. I don't know. If we we aren't even big fans. It's just kind of a. It was kind of a joke. Um, but one of our guitarists really just loved Vin Diesel. I guess loved kind That's of the, the his choices. You know, he he took a lot of wild action movies and stuff. He's kind of like the Nick Cage of that generation, I guess. And you brought up Nick Cage. You did a movie with him, Vengeance, a Love Story. Uh, really yeah. cool. I mean, you got Nick Cage in there. You got Don Johnson. I mean, some heavyweights. Uh, talk about that movie. Yeah, uh, that was cool. That was a that was an amazing, you know, an amazing experience. It, it's it's interesting because it's a script based on a book by Joyce Carol Oates. And Joyce Carol Oates, I think, is, I can't remember the name of it, but she's, she's prolific to an obsessive degree. Like, she's always putting out stuff. Um, and always writing and, and it's and it's kind of an obsession for her. that's this is what I, I i don't know if this is true <laughs> i don't know if this is exactly true but this is what i heard and, and i keep i've repeated it many times so i uh-huh. i hope it's true um but yeah so you know it's not the it wasn't the best starting material to begin with um because you know people people talk about joyce carol Oates and, and she's some of her stuff is amazing and other stuff is like well this is what happens when you're you know committed to writing uh like that and so you know the script they did a really lovely job and it's an independent feature but it's a you know vengeance a love story it's a it, it's based on a book called rape a love story um and and so i i played a, a real piece of shit and um, <laughs> and nick cage I play a player, a meth head who who. Oh, uh, there it is again. We, me and me and uh, three other dudes uh, team up and and rape this girl, and uh, then Nick Cage sets out to get vengeance on us. Um, funny story about that thing though. It the movie was supposed to be directed by Nick Cage, and so I was like, well, this is this is a a scary role to take. I was really afraid of it. Turns out imagine, not yeah. a ton of, yeah, not a ton of people have seen it, but you know, playing a rapist and, and the kind of, um, you know, the kind of delicate, uh, nature of, of the subject matter. Um, you know, we, I was just nervous about the whole thing. Um, but knowing that Nick Cage was directed and I was excited and he had these crazy ideas about how I would die and my head exploding. And so they're going to cast my head and, and explode it. Oh, um, but then shortly there, bef- shortly before we shoot, Nick Cage goes to Vegas with Vince Neil um, from Motley Crue, and I and they, I guess there was a an incident where where Nick and Vince Neil were at a casino, and someone kept coming up to Nick Cage trying to get an autograph, and Vince Neil attacked this woman, like pulled her by her hair out of the casino. Oh, yikes. Um, and so that, that kind of put the whole movie in, in like a, yeah, it was, it was fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> there you go. But it, <laughs> That's yeah, the way you sum it, it up. <laughs> yeah. Complete garbage. And and then later I did shortly thereafter, I did the dirt and I played a drug dealer that killed Nikki six or whatever. Um, it also comes full circle. It's a Motley Crue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> circle well, thing here. And people were like, you know, when I did that movie, people were like, oh, you must love Motley Crue. And I'm like, yeah, not really. I, I kind of think they're <laughs> fucking garbage people. <laughs> like, they're they're fucking misogynist, you know, uh, douchebags. But, um, you know, it was a job, and I played a drug dealer and whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the first time douchebag with... was said on my podcast, so uh, 
Okay. Thank great. you for that. I Perfect. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope. Are, are you are you okay with the? Oh yeah, no. Go ahead, right, swear, right. do whatever you want. Uh, you're good. All right, all right, all right. Well, fuck Molly Crew. No, there I'm, it is. I, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not great people. And you, you know, the longer you you, you well, you were starting to see a lot of that. It's like, oh man, a lot of this stuff that we kind of felt was weird and wrong actually is. Right. And now people are speaking up about it. You know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, long story short, that movie was crazy. That that vengeance, it was cool still working with Nick because, you know, at one point we were having a table read of the script and he looks across the table and he's like, he's like, Josh, this character you're playing is like the, the personification of evil. So just play him as evil as you can. And and then he, he like proceeds to do a, because he did Bad Lieutenant with Werner Herzog. And, um, and so he's like, Josh. Uh, Werner told me something and, and he, he like Nick Cage doing his best Werner Herzog <laughs> uh, across this table at this table read is like one of the most surreal moments of my life. But he's just like, Werner told me em- embrace, embrace the, the true joy of evil or something, you know, something to that effect. And I'm like, fucking a, I, Hey man, you just did I, two I, impressions right now. I, I got applause. Yeah. On that. <laughs> I thought Nicholas Cage was in here. I was like, who, "Who did I? Who do I have on the line? Is it Josh or is it Nicholas oh, yeah, Cage?" Exactly. Yeah, Mark. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh man. Oh, face off. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Good speaking guy. of impressions, uh, I was on YouTube and I saw a uh, an interview you did where you're doing an Arnold impression, and Arnold's one of my oh. guys. And I, I think everybody has an Arnold impression, but they're not always good. Yeah. Yeah. Mine just goes. You know, it's just it's. Yeah, it, it's laying into the, the comedy of it. Yeah, like, give me a sandwich sandwich. I need a sandwich sandwich. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Get to the chopper. Right. Everybody's go-to is get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, get to the chopper. What the hell but, are you? You know what? What the hell are you? Who, who is your daddy and who does he work for? Yeah. There you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, well, it's funny, too, because everybody, everybody's like, oh, yeah. German accent, and they go Arnold, and Arnold is Austrian, you know. <laughs> right, they it's forget like just, that. Yeah, but like in a, you know, in in the states, everybody's just like great German accent because it, it just all, you know, there's no there's no borders in in America. So if you ever play a uh, if you ever play a German meth head, you could just say yeah. Arnold was your inspiration. That's how you got your practice. Arnold, <laughs> yeah, dog, dog. I need, I need, I need the smack. I need you to hit me up with the. Come on, tie me off, tie me off, put it in me. I need the good, good. I need that black honey <laughs> or whatever. They want to buy this TV for two dollars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, yours is really good. I, I used to do it. It's been a while because he hasn't had a movie in a while that's got me excited. So yeah, <laughs> I haven't had a reason to what do an you? Arnold impression in a long time. <laughs> there was that zombie movie that I, I haven't seen yet. Uh, I, I just saw it on uh, Pluto TV. Uh, Maggie, yeah. it's called. Which Maggie, pr- yeah, it's like Maggie. Wait, it's. Oh, not that Maggie, not the Walking Dead Maggie, a different one. Right. It's okay. It's he plays like a guy on a farm, and it just doesn't doesn't fit Arnold. I want him to, you know, take an AK and just destroy a bunch of zombies, and the whole time right. he's just trying to soothe his his daughter, who's on the the verge of becoming a zombie. So it's eh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, you're equipped with this this weapon of destruction, and you. And the whole time you're just uh, yeah, I was just waiting for him to yell. Like, what are you gonna turn into a zombie already? I'll, uh. <laughs> I'll kill everything. And then he could communicate. 
<laughs> and he could communicate with the zombie because they both had that same. Ah, ooh, ah, they talk the same. So oh, totally, exactly. That, that's actually that's really good. <laughs> they speak the same never, language. Never really thought of it. No. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> like all the zombies are just doing their best Arnold. They just get stuck on the right same, this loop of like doing Arnold impersonations. Yeah. Speaking of Arnold, I saw you were in Terminator. Did you have any yeah. running with him? Did you work with him at all? Or I did. Uh, that I wish I could have that one back. Um, I, you know, it's it's crazy when you get on set with those sorts of dudes, and I just the the whole that whole experience was surreal and weird. Um, I, I could imagine. Yeah, so I got I got booked as a local in Louisiana, and they were like, I got a call before I sh- shot, so I put myself on tape for this role, Angry Driver. And my line is, hey, asshole, get off the road, or whatever. And um, and I'm saying that to the Terminator, and so I was, like, stoked. And then they call me a couple weeks before, and they're like, hey, Josh, can you come down for a t- or can you come in for a t- table read? It, we, we booked you as a local, and we'd like you at the table read. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm living in Atlanta. So I drove, you know, the six and a half hours down to New Orleans for this table read, which right. was surreal. Um, it was really cool because – like J.K. Simmons and Amelia Clark and Jason Clark and um, Ar- Arnold, obviously, um, and then uh, Alan, who directed the film, all in the room. And I got to do—I don't know if you're from, you've seen that movie, but they do like a yeah a throwback to to the Bill Paxton punks. There's a couple of like kind of throwback stuff to previous um, to previous Terminators, right? And they do a, a gutter punk scene, and I got to read those parts because the guys who had been booked for the gutter punks didn't <laughs> didn't. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, they they weren't able to come to the table read. So, anyways, that that was cool. But then, so I drove back that night because I had to work the next day, and then I then later they have my shoot date on, and I and I drive down, and it gets rained out. I'm, I'm waiting like three days. Oh. I hit have a costume fitting on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday comes around and they're like, uh, we're going to try it Tuesday. And I'm putting myself up this entire time in this hotel in New Orleans. So at least it's New Orleans. Right. It could be a worse city than New Orleans, I guess. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it was right across from the Harris Casino. So, you know, I went and lost 50 bucks. Oh, you know? great. You're trying to get your hotel money back and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it, it was a, it, it was a cool experience. And so anyways, I show up on set and my, my line is to Arnold, but the whole thing is like blue screen. Cause he's looking up at this while I'm saying it, you know, he's stopped traffic to, to look up at this, um, you know, junction of interstate. And, and that whole thing is, was previs or whatever, CGI'd and, um, and so I, I just said that line over and over and over again to Arnold while they're trying to get the, the shot they want. And I'm buried in the background, like in the in the film, you can't even see me like I'm blurry and you could I can get out. I get out of the car, but, I you know, I, they kept my my line of dialogue in. So I thankfully get residuals on the thing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you get the cool yeah. title, Angry Car Driver, right? Yeah. Yeah. Angry Driver. Yeah. Hey, asshole, get off the road. <laughs> What are you doing here? <laughs> well, the, you know, no, well, no. His his line his line in reply is bite me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta hey, watch asshole, it again. Get off the road. Bite me. And I was like, yeah, all right, all right and just over and over again. <laughs> Not yeah. as classic as his other lines, but it works. <laughs> exactly. We were talking about how zombies kind of sound like Arnold. You actually played a walker on The Walking Dead before you ever played Jared. You were a walker, what is that, season two? Yeah, yeah, season two finale where when the uh, the walkers break the fence into the barn i was uh yeah i was i was a walker on that that day that was a that was a cool experience if i go back and watch it will i see you will i be able to tell which one's you or is it kind of in a yeah, herd you can uh-huh. no you you can i uh i'm 
so I knew where the camera was placed. And so we bust through this fence and there's this high angle shot as we're busting through the fence. And I made sure to look up like my, my zombie, you know, or my walker, uh, my walker just had like a, a severe crick in its neck and it was just like constantly looking up, you know? So I, I wanted to make sure that I made it on screen and, and I did. Um, but then when I did, I, I was fortunate enough when my character died on um, walking dead that they had me on talking dead and uh, they dug up some photos from that day and there was some stuff I hadn't seen yet. Um, and Greg Nicotero touched it all up so, because, you know, he wanted them to look as best they could right. for the show. So that was really cool. How was the whole makeup experience getting it put on and everything? Um, on that particular day, it was wild because they have, you know, they're a well-oiled machine. So it's an assembly line that you have one person, you know, you get in costume and then you have one person do the base coat, kind of like lighten your skin up. Um, to look dead and, you know, lacking blood, lacking fluids. And then they have someone come in and sink your cheeks. And then they have someone doing your doing the, the dirt on your hands and nails. And uh, then they the, the last stage is splattering you with blood. You know, that whole process, the day I was there, they probably had 300 extras. And that whole process for me from start to finish was probably 10 minutes. You know, you go through that assembly line and, and get the clothes. Once you're changed, it's like 10 minutes of makeup. It's like nothing. So it's not as elaborate as some of the other walkers who get more screen time. And No, those guys, so they, they call those the hero walkers, and those folks show up, you know, the shoot, say the shoot's at, you know, 8, 8 a.m. They'll show up at 3.34 and spend four hours in the makeup chair getting that getting those heavy prosthetics and they, they tend to use those, those featured extras over and over again. So my buddy Coleman, he would get those, those featured, those hero walkers, um, pretty often. And, uh, it, it's because he had, he, he's super skinny and, and is really, um, flexible. So he can, he can look a, a number of different ways that they would need them. And so, yeah, I never heard he of hero walkers. That's of... pretty cool. I liked, <laughs> I never yeah, thought of them as yeah, heroes, you know, but right. Yeah. They're, you know, it's the ones that are featured, prominently in the screen or you know if if there's a, a scene where a particular walker is uh, alone um those will be the hero walkers and and yeah they those folks they're they're um they tend to come back they they use them over and over again because they have certain body types that you know make the makeup look great so he can't go on a binge and start eating a lot because then he won't be <laughs> he won't be able to be that walker anymore he's got to stay Honestly, skinny I, and- Oh man, I it it would be a cold day in hell. It, it, I mean, I feel like Col- Coleman could he could eat uh, you know uh, entire buffet tables and and not gain. A oh, pound. he's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, skinny dude. And then you go from there after a couple of years, and you get yeah. the role for Jared. Was there anything you were auditioned for between time, or was Jared the next thing you ended up doing? No, Walking Dead wise, that is. Yeah, I, I from season two. I don't think I had gotten an audition in season two, but season three rolled around, and I I started auditioning, and it would be you know one off kind of characters, the folks that get shot in the face with an arrow or hilltop, you know, member that gets eaten by Walker or whatever the shit. And then the roles would, were starting to kind of get a little bit bigger and I was reading for more substantial stuff. Um, but I, I read for Walking Dead, I looked it up not too long ago and I think I think I found 17 auditions that I had had for, for Walking Dead wow. before I booked Jared. And one of those was um, all in that same universe. So they had the folks reading for Richard, Gavin, Jared, um, and a couple others all at the same time. So 
Um, I read for all those roles. And we're introduced to Jared right off the bat, and it's hard to like Jared. And kudos to you, because, oh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how good your acting was. You're able to make us hate this guy so much. Right off the bat, yeah. you know, pre shots, hitting Richard, and, uh, you know, right away, like, okay, I can't wait for this guy to die. But <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thrilled that people... Uh... People felt one way or another about about my character. I was stoked. The death scene for Jared was really brutal. I mean, you know, up against the fence and, you know, Morgan's just kind of watching him, you know, get devoured. Talk about that day, what it was like filming that scene and, and, and the makeup on that one, too, because you get your cheek bit or something, right? So there's a walker chewing on you. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this cat, Kirk, Kirk Riley, uh, who was who one of those one of those hero walkers, he's the dude who who bites down on my face, but, um, yeah, it, it was an, an amazing day. It was, it was two days. We shot, um, that, that scene in two days, but it was such a cool experience. Cause you know, I had always said, I either want to die by Jerry's ax, Shiva, or, um, and I always felt the way to go would be Morgan. Cause I just pissed him off so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, it just, it was a really lovely, uh, it was a lovely time shooting that stuff, and, and it was my first scene getting to work with Andy. So I, I, um, that was really fortunate to have to be able to work with a guy who, you know, was responsible for that show being what it is, right? Um, and so, so much responsible for what what that show is. And I, that was my tenth episode, and I, I was fortunate enough to come back for an eleventh where I hunt hunt Morgan, um, but I didn't know that was going to happen. So I was, you know, I was treating it. I was saying my goodbyes. And, um, I was able to, you know, the, after 10 episodes, you tend to develop a friendship with a lot of folks and, and, you know, really love the, the crew and, and the cast and everybody that you're working with. And it was such an amazing experience, kind of one of those validating career points. So it, it was emotional. So like, I, you know, I, we're, we're shooting that final bit where I'm getting my face not off. And I was actually, I was emotional, you know, <laughs> like, like I was, I was right. able to tap into, to emotion that I felt was sincere, that, that paralleled Jared's experience, obviously, because he's dying and very afraid. Um, but I was I was also, you know, I was tearing up and emotional because I was leaving the show. And so it was very easy to tap into that, that emotion there. How soon in and advance then, do you know that you're going to be off the show? Do they warn you? I'm, I'm guessing they do, obviously. But do they tell you like a couple of days in advance? You're like, OK, I got to prepare for this now. Or is it usually like sudden, you know? Yeah, they, we talk about it because Scott is great about, well, Scott and the showrunners, they they call. A lot of times Scott Gimple or, or Angela will will call and be like, "Hey, thank you for your work on the show, you know, uh, but unfortunately your your time on the show is coming to an end." And they're they're kind enough to do that. But we always joked like if we ever see any any California numbers that we don't recognize, just send it straight to voicemail. And <laughs> and maybe and maybe Scott won't, you know, you, he'll he'll stay your time on the show. Right. Um but yeah, he he called I I got a call from from a Los Angeles number. I don't think I answered it the first time or, you know, he left a message. Hey, Hey Josh, it's Scott. Can you call me back? Uh, and I'm like, Oh, here it comes. Yeah. Uh, but I was, you know, it's eight, it was episode eight fourteen, So I was like really hoping I'd make season nine, but getting close. That wasn't the case. Yeah. I got really close. And, and honestly, I felt like my character, his time had come. I'd pissed so many people off and not really done anything effective uh, in terms of helping the saviors. I was just a, a thorn in people's side. So um, I was amazed I made it that long. But it, yeah, Scott was lovely about it and everybody was, you know. And I love the uh, the haunted uh, scene, you know, where you're coming back and Morgan's looking at you and you're actually kind of funny in it. You're not just, you know, some woo ghost, you know, of uh, Morgan's yeah. past. You're actually making a couple jokes at him and you got kind of this sense of humor about what happened? Yeah, I, I was hoping that would carry on too because I I loved that dynamic 
um, where Morgan is just like shitting his pants and uh, and being able to being able to just kind of you know I'm dead, so everything's kind of ridiculous to me at that point. And so I, yeah, I had a I had a blast doing that, and that that was part of Greg Nicotero's direction because he he uh, referenced a bit from American Werewolf in Paris for that. And he, he was like, do you, you know this scene? And I hadn't seen American Werewolf in Paris. But um, there's this bit where I guess the lead is visited by one of his victims in the hospital. I think I think that's the storyline. But, yeah, it's kind of he's kind of jovial and kind of ridiculous. Um, but but like bleeding from his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it's really all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Jared character, I mean, even though he is a very unlikable guy. There are little hints of comedy, like even the free shots and he punches Richard. It's actually kind of like a – it's kind of a funny scene in a way. I mean he's punching a guy, but the way you interpret it, I thought there was like a little bit of humor in it that didn't make him 100% an asshole, but definitely was hard to like him. <laughs> yeah. I, I always feel like it's that's harder to take too a lot of times. It's like straight-up villains, like the terrible dudes, That that's the – you know, that, that's that's there's a place for that. But um, when you're these like minions, I, I like – bringing some comedy to it you know some self-awareness right <laughs> or not self-aware you know and, it, and it's like harder to take that that way it's like this guy's where this is life or death and um, this guy's making a joke of it you know right and that's why i think people like negan who i don't think you and right. negan had any scenes together on walking dead never did yeah right. unfortunately but you did work with jeffrey dean morgan in a movie i saw yeah and heist heist with de niro robert de niro I mean, oh my god i mean that's talk about working with those two in that movie especially robert de niro who's you know one of the all-time greats yeah so um so i unfortunately didn't get to work with jeffrey dean morgan on that one either i he was you know he's in the film but um my my character uh, i had crossed so de niro's character owns a casino jeffrey dean morgan's again. character works there <laughs> yeah again exactly exactly um, Jeffrey Dean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character works there. Um, he, Jeffrey Dean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, JDM's character, I'm gonna say JDM, it's a lot easier. Um, he, he has a daughter that is sick and he needs money. And so he decides to rob the casino. Um, you, my character, I guess that in the opening had, had crossed and, or tried to rob this particular casino. Um, and we end up dying for it. So it kind of introduces the danger of, of crossing De Niro's character. Um, so we're in this like storage container and me and my girlfriend, um, played by Rachel Kirby, who is a lovely, lovely actress, um, and really talented. Uh, we, you know, we're pleading for our lives and De Niro orders Morris Chestnut to kill us. Um, not really a spoiler cause it happens in like the first couple right. of minutes of the movie, right. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, uh, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was, it was strange because. I got called, you know, I, I got called early in the morning and they tend to kind of shoot the bigger stuff. So I knew there was a lot of casino stuff that needed to take place that day. And but I was supposed to shoot my, my work before lunch, um, which I guess was around, you know, normal lunchtime, 1230 or one. And um, and they, they just kept pushing my scene. So like I was I was going through these phases of like getting worked up and trying to get emotional and trying to, you know, make make the not make a fool of myself in front of De Niro a and be, you know, be honest with the scene and right. be afraid that I'm going to lose my life. And um, by the end of it, I, we ended up shooting that scene the last of the day. And by that point, I had exhausted myself emotionally. I was completely dried up. So I stuck a lemon in my pocket, was just rubbing my eyes with lemon. <laughs> that, that works, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm sure he feels obligated to say this, but like De Niro was like, you're a really good actor. You know, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like no. 
Oh, it's man. the lemon man. I, it's not me. <laughs> yeah, you, you're just saying that because you know that we all want to hear that from Robert De Niro. But like watching the scene, I'm like, you're just you're just overdoing it, man. <laughs> about me, not right. about De Niro, of course. But he, he was amazing. He was, you know, he was off book and knew he was, yeah, just and and a really kind dude. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine what it must have been like just to be opposite him. And Morris Chestnut, too, another another good actor, too. Oh, yeah. He got a little bit too into it and, and put a cigarette out on my leg um, during the scene. And, and it actually happens in the scene. We kept doing it. Um, you know, I had jeans on, so it, it wasn't really terrible. I had, I did end up having, like, some, some burns on my leg later. <laughs> oh, but it was like, you know, it was, he was in the middle of it, and he put it out on my leg. Uh, um <laughs> And he felt really terrible. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I just was in the moment. I did that. I'm like, oh, man, that's, you know, it's totally cool. Fine. So for those watching that scene, it's all about cigarette burns and lemons. That's what... Uh, cigarette burns, lemons, yeah. Helped uh, raise your uh, acting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm a big uh, wrestling fan, and I saw you in two movies with Bautista. Uh, Stuber was one, and I saw it, yeah. it said Ponytail Goon, which I thought was my favorite description of any of your characters. Ponytail yeah. Goon. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because um, Batista was also in that that JDM De Niro movie with um, Heist. Um, but yeah, and and I also should say that was written. The reason I, ho- I was given that opportunity actually is because my buddy Max Adams that I met at Florida State did a rewrite of that script, and um, and so he he passed my tape along to the director Scott Mann. So um, I owe a, a big a big thanks to that guy for putting his neck out there for me. But yeah, I did Stuber and played pony, Ponytail Goon in that thing. I had done a movie called Game Night that I'm really proud of. That's another and good one. Yeah, you just wreck havoc. Yeah, yeah you just come yeah, right in. And, yeah, that that yeah, exactly that. Well, so, so many stories. I'm sorry, but um, yeah. So I did I did Game Night, and that was directed by John Francis Daly and and um, John Goldstein, Jonathan Goldstein, and um, they were producing Stuber on Game Night. Um, I, I fought my agent and, and I fought cause I think the character's name in that one was also long haired goon or ponytail. I think his name <laughs> was ponytail. And, and so we fought to get a name. And so they were like, yeah, sure. Colin, his name's Colin. Um, but no one ever says, you know, no one ever calls me by name in the movie. So people watching the credits are like, huh, I recognize that guy from walking dead, but I, I don't see goon anywhere. I don't right. see it's like thug or it's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thug, exactly. Like who the hell is Colin too? I don't remember that Colin character. Um, so in, so in Stuber, we, we decided against that. And so I, yeah, I'm ponytail goon. Well, at least um, it wasn't was meth head. That's all. At least, at least it broke away from that one. Yeah. Or, well, I, I was in uh, we're the Millers and, and people always give me shit because my, my character in that is gutter punk number two. So it's, <laughs> it's not even not even gutter punk. It's just gutter punk number two. It, it's just crazy. Um, oh, but I should say in game night, uh, John Burnecker was my stunt double. So when we wreak havoc in that house, John Burnecker, who we all know, um, just lovely, lovely stunt guy, most wonderful dude you could ever meet. Um, he's the he's the fellow who uh, had that accident on Walking Dead and passed. You know, it's just a testament to him the the amazing work that he and uh, Reggie Jackson is the other guy's name um, who did the stunt stunt work in the house and that crazy uh, that crazy fight scene with with um, Coach Chandler. <laughs> right, and he also did another movie with Jason Bateman, uh, the Office Party one. I think that was in Chicago, right? Or was that set um, in Chicago? I don't remember. I think it's set in Chicago. Yeah, we shot my stuff happened on pickup days. Yeah, they they just needed a, a little bit of party footage to bridge the gap. So I have one line in that thing. Uh, but that was a lot of fun, you know. And and I've yeah, I've I've wanted, long wanted to work with Jason Bateman, and 
getting to work with him on game night was pretty amazing. I actually booked a role on The Outsider. We sh- I shot it, um, but it was cut. Oh, the, uh, yeah, before it before it made it to the screen, unfortunately. Damn, 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 damn. Yeah, another goon. Yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, no, I was a truck driver. And, oh, okay. And I offered. Have you have you seen the show? No, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's um, I haven't I haven't seen it all either. But I, it it uh, I pick up I guess who one of the characters that that is the main villain in the thing, and and I offer him drugs, and and then I. What I, I I trust happened is that <laughs> is that they realized they didn't need they didn't need this part of the story because right. he, the guy I pick him up and he's pretty screwed up to begin with and then he gets out of my truck elsewhere so all they needed was this guy being picked up and dropped off and that's what they used and you know so there's this weird scene where we do drugs and I sing that um, I can't remember who wrote the song but it's that Cherokee people song. Um, Cherokee people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to look it up. I got to look it up. I'm not familiar with it, but uh, I will be once I hang up the phone here. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good jam. It's a good jam. It's a little strange. I guess it's, I I don't, I'd be interested to hear what the Native American community thinks about it. I don't think your band will cover it anytime soon, you're saying, right? Unlikely. (laughs) Unlikely. Yeah. That was part of the fun, the kind of the joke of this scene is that this guy ends up in this truck with this kind of redneck, you know, drug user. (laughs) But yeah, anyways. um, That's crazy. Yeah. Like we talked about, you played a lot of, you know, not so likable characters. Is there a character you want to play, like a, a hero or a, a nice guy or, or a docile guy? I don't know. Has that ever come across where you're like, eh, I don't think that's me. I'm more of a villain guy. Or um, Well, I, I kind of spent, so after Walking Dead finished, I I told my team that I really wanted to pursue nicer roles. Because I, I, just for the challenge of it. And um, I wanted to have that stuff in my resume. And I spent about two years doing that, and then I I realized that was really stupid. Like, <laughs> I, what I really wanted to not do was just keep playing Jared over and over again. Right. Because not not that I didn't love it, I just didn't want to be one note that way. Um, but I really I really do love playing villains. I I've always loved villains. I I um you know I grew up loving the Disney villains and. I always thought their songs were cooler and the artwork for them was cooler and it was just, you know, all around pretty badass. And I was, you know, like, well, I don't know, growing up playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, you, you always kind of like the, the darker fantasy stuff. But yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of resigned to, to keep doing that. I, I love I love playing, you know, the grittier. They're more interesting a lot of times. When you were growing up, was there any movies that you were a fan of? Or, like you said, villains or heroes that uh, you grew up watching at, you know, any actors, anything like that? Yeah, um, as a child of the '80s, and I have two older brothers. You know, we were always watching Temple of Doom and Goonies, and oh, yeah. my favorite movie. Even when I was like, I think five, and I'm like, "What were y'all thinking? Let me watch this when I was five. But I was watching Gremlins like constantly. <laughs> yeah, the first um, one. Yeah, I just liked all those really. But and then I I love I was you know I still am I, I love Disney so I you know I was always watching Sword in the Stone and um, all that stuff but yeah for the most part I I, I don't you know I always loved um, Steve Buscemi and um, you know Gary Oldman the types of characters that they they'd get to play the, the weird oh and I, and I really loved um, Gary Oldman's turn in the professional that that's one yes that um, was great God he's unreal in that and. I, yeah, that was always one of my favorite performances and favorite movies. I was just like, you know, in love with with Natalie Portman and uh, also in love with Gary Oldman's 
Gary Oldman in that movie. It's just like win-win. When I think of Steve Buscemi, I loved Ghost World. That was a movie I really liked that he was in, and he played like kind of a oh, yeah. nerdy weirdo guy and yeah. like a record collector who was kind of eclectic, you know. But yeah, I have that movie. I I uh, I watched it a long time ago, but I still have. I was looking through my, you know, because I have all these DVDs, of course, and. Like I'm, I'm like, man, I should get rid of these at some point. But I'm like, no, I got <laughs> no, like, don't no do way. that. I got, I got Ghost World, and I got you know Jackie Brown, and uh, oh, Jackie Brown's a classic. And speaking of Ghost World, Thora Birch was on Walking Dead. She plays one of the, you oh know, yeah, she was one of the whisperers for a while. So right. connection there, yeah. And Scarlett yeah, Johansson, small, that's crazy too. Yeah, I was wondering, I was, I was thinking to myself, is it, is it the same gal who played in uh, Juno? No, it's not. It's uh, Scarlett Johansson. Right. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, Garth James was in Marvel movies. You were in Black Lightning, DC Universe. You're also in the Marvel Universe yeah. and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Talk about being one of the one of the few actors that I could think of off the top of my head that has done both. Yeah, it's really fortunate. I mean, you know, being a dude of a certain look here in in, uh, in Atlanta with a lot of this stuff going on and DC, uh, you know, Black Lightning operating here. Um, I was fortunate to, to land that bit and do three episodes on there. I'm still not dead, so I'm hoping I'll make it back around at some point. Right. And uh, I had long wanted to get in the Marvel Universe. I, you know, I was worried about this particular role kind of punching my Marvel card. And, and because I we when I booked the role, there were no lines, and I knew there were going to be no lines. Um, there was a, a line that got removed. My character was named originally. My character's name was Derek because Walt Goggins at one point says, like, you know, Derek, take care of her. And then at that point, I unload on, um, unload on Ghost, right? Um, and that I think that bit was cut from the film because it was just unnecessary and weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I ended up getting bumped to uncredited, and I still show up in the in the movies. But I'm I'm really you know I hope I can make it back into the the Marvel universe somewhere else um, and and have a more substantial uh, bit or whatever. Right. And speaking of comic book movies and such, do you do the convention circuit? I know nowadays, I don't know when another convention is going to come around, especially here in Chicago, but with the yeah. uh, pandemic. But uh, hey, you're like Walker Stalker, any of those kind of conventions? What are your fan interactions like? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I've, I've done, I have a, a convention agent. So they're, it's ZSC Entertainment and um, Juliet and Maggie and uh, Jim there. Just a lot of fantastic folks who who kind of get us across the world. So I've I've done them in Scotland and we did one in Dortmund at the end of last year, Dortmund, Germany, and I've done Berlin and the UK. But uh, you know, I like I know Scotland's part of the UK, but uh, <laughs> I did uh, Glasgow and right. a couple different spots in England. Um, and yeah, it's it's just a it's an amazing thing to be able to to bounce out and you know obviously it's it's wonderful supplemental income um and it comes a lot of times the the cons will come in the the drier times for for um film and tv work that usually things kind of slow up around the holidays and stay pretty slow through january or february but um when you have that con work it's just really nice to connect the dots alongside of that you're you're meeting all the folks who just love walking dead so much and it's i always talk about as reverse pr you know playing such a, a piece of garbage on the walking dead and then <laughs> getting to meet people and be like hey i'm just a, i'm a normal guy i'm an actor that that was acting you know <laughs> right like i really wanted you to die but now that i meet you i actually like you yeah. jared's not so bad yeah. right yeah exactly yeah yeah just just doing that reverse pr work and uh speaking of drier times of course now with the pandemic you know i'm, I'm assuming that you know you're not really doing much work 
because everything's kind of on hold and do you have any projects that have been kind of shelved or stuff that you're kind of waiting on or how's what's it like being an actor during this time i can i can sense other actors are having a lot harder of a time than i <laughs> than i am I, right. just because they I've, I've never wanted acting to be my only my only you know iron in the fire um negan reference have a, yeah, yeah <laughs> sure uh, but i you know I, I keep a garden i which i really love i, I live a kind of pretty sedate life as it is and, and quarantine life as it is i don't i don't spend a lot of time out partying or you know going to music festivals or anything crazy so i i, I mean i did have some plans and that but i, I was fortunate i shot an episode of uh, dc's doom patrol oh and, cool yeah so I, I i show up in the last episode of, of season two which i guess will be out maybe sometime in august or september um they're First three episodes drop at the end of June here on the 26th. The first three episodes of season two, and then I think they're going to do a weekly rollout for the next six. But I, I was able to finish that up before things uh, think were before the proverbial shit hit the fan. Um, I did a, a student film that I'm really excited to see, or a faculty student film down in Ringling College in Sarasota, Florida. Um, I did a movie called uh, Greenland with Gerard Butler that'll be out at the end of. Um, at the end of, I saw you tweeted uh, about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just shared that because it just, yeah, just got a theatrical release. So we'll be out at the end of July, I guess now. Um, and, and, you know, that thing was precarious enough in the air. No one knew a, it's a natural disaster pick and B, you know, with the pandemic, which you, you just don't know how people are going to respond or if you're going to be even be able to go to the movie theater. So, right. Um, uh, pretty cool that it's getting a, theatrical release and um and then towards the end of the year on christmas i, I was able to play uh, a, a movie called respect is, is is coming out um it's about aretha franklin and it's played by jennifer hudson and i was able to play uh I, like i said i've drummed a lot of my life and for the first time i got to play a drummer um roger hawkins who oh cool is part of the muscle shoals crew who uh, yeah um so it's i, I think that movie is going to be really fantastic and I think the studio thinks so as well because they're, you know, uh, positioning it for an award season film. So I, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see how that comes out. Yeah, definitely not but, called Drummer Goo, and I would assume on that one you're you actually are no, playing a role. Roger, Roger Hawkins. <laughs> That's it's awesome. Really nice. Yeah, and and I, I they, they wig me up so I don't have long hair in the thing. I look like a normal guy, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's uh, I, I was able to get some stuff in the can before before everything kind of went south and I, I yeah I've, I've had a bunch of projects to kind of keep me busy I, my dad passed a couple years ago and left behind this mustang um this 67 mustang fastback that oh, wow. he was hoping to get to uh-huh. yeah and so, so you kind of finishing been, for him yeah yeah he honor. had everything exactly yeah he had everything kind of pieced together and had bought nearly everything that was needed to to put put this thing together and um just didn't get get a chance to so uh that i've been working on that and that's awesome you know, what color is it my distance uh <laughs> it was rust oh okay uh, <laughs> well yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh it had a nice patina you know there uh, you go no, it, it, it was like a it was like a light lighter blue like teal not teal but kind of a lighter blue baby blue um but i i'm gonna once once it's painted i, I think i'm gonna go with a a uh, you know uh, dark uh, like a hunter green with gold racing stripes. Oh wow! How close are yeah. you to getting that done? You think it's going to be a little bit still, or yeah, another year or two. 
Um, I'm I'm doing all the metal work and uh, I, yeah, there's I've had some th- some distractions during this quarantine that, that required my attention. So um, I'm looking to get back to it pretty seriously. And I have a little you know on Instagram and on YouTube, my YouTube channel or whatever. I, I do a, a thing called Josh's Garage where I'm. It's kind of like a semi-autobiographical comedy bit um, about the about the Mustang. Oh, everybody, go out check that out for sure. And I did like on your YouTube. Uh, I like how you had the uh, the reels, of, you know, of all your your work. You know, yeah, that that was really helpful for me to to research you, of course, or doing the interview here. But uh, some really cool stuff on there, and uh, yeah. Everybody, go to YouTube, check out Josh's, uh, all the stuff that you have on. Is it, you can subscribe and you can watch the video about the uh, the car and everything? Yeah, all that stuff's up there. I, I just got a, it's funny you mentioned the reels because I just got an email that that uh, NBC Universal blocked my acting reel because it has a clip from The Purge in it. Oh, so. uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess you got to put it up there and label it a different way so they don't catch it. I don't know how to, how to I don't know. back road those things. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's promotional material, and it's like my job, and I, I appear in the scene. I, I guess I can contest it, but I don't know. It's, it's always tricky because, you know, you want to use music in your reels, or you want to use clips, and it's hard to get the rights to those things. But also, it's like it's your work, and you, right. it's your calling card. Uh, before we let you go yeah. here, any other impressions that you do besides Nick Cage and Arnold? Uh, anybody we're missing that you're good at? Um, well, I, I do. Yeah, uh, um, I got. <laughs> I just started going into it. I got a pretty. Uh, I think I got a pretty decent golem. Oh uh, yeah, of course, right? Why not? Well, well I had the, the one I was doing in the the high school play wasn't really like Andy Circus's, but I my stupid fat hobbit says it wants it, it wants it, my precious, my precious. Yeah, uh, there it is. Uh, there it is. Thanks, man. I got a Mickey Mouse. Oh, there you uh, go. Ahead. Uh, Welcome to Walt Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to do open mic stand up and uh yeah. one of the, the the guy who was a host did the whole thing as Mickey Mouse. But he was like a Mickey Mouse like swearing and he was kind of acting like he was drunk. Uh, so as he's introducing each one of us, you know, aspiring comics, he would go, "Okay, on up next is uh, this guy. He thinks he's funny, but he really sucks." Uh-huh. And it was yeah. <laughs> So you just reminded me of that day. So thanks. Oh, man. That's, that's great. Yeah, it's kind of sacrilege, though. I kind of feel it kind of hurts my heart a little bit because I have such an affinity for for Disney. Yeah, he definitely turned Mickey Mouse into like something else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's like all the, you know, inevitably on Pornhub or whatever they have all that. It's like Princess Jasmine getting banged. Oh, (laughs) you know what? And speaking of conventions, you say that all the time. I'll, I'll go down Artist Alley. I don't know if you ever made your way around the conventions during, you know, when you would, when you would uh, go to them as for Walking Dead or whatever, and you go see some of these artists, and they'd always have, like, you know, Cinderella with, like, Batwoman or something. And it's like, wow, what is this? She's in bondage. Like, yeah. It's like one minute I'm looking at, like, a Superman, you know, artist, and the next thing, you know, it's that's next to it. I'm like, oh, we can't look this way. Come yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, it gets lonely. It gets lonely yeah. doing all that ink, inking and coloring, you know. You'd, yeah, I know how it is. <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, yeah, uh, I got a pretty good Bill Cosby. Oh, oh. Uh, got the pudding pop, the put the pudding, the pudding, pudding pop. I don't really have a terrible Bill Cosby. I think everybody's is the same. Yeah, exactly. Although, fuck that guy. Yeah, these days nobody's really doing a Bill Cosby impression. It seems like, but yeah, not, not trying to celebrate Bill Cosby in any way. No. <laughs> 
such a shame too because that show is so good the cosby show is so good yeah it's it's hard i mean I, I don't even know if it's even on anywhere but i grew up with it you know i can't say enough good things about the show itself but of course him i mean I even have a couple of his comedy albums i mean bill cosby himself yeah. and the chocolate cake for our breakfast is one of the all-time great comedy bits but yeah it's hard to uh, it's, it's it's hard to just overlook that so yeah you can't how do you separate the art from the person and that's always that's always tough really tough yeah and you know and it's terrible too because all those other folks that put their time and hearts and energy into it uh, you know are also kind of uh, victims of his his uh you know his his rape his his right. date rape his drug drug you know uh, whatever thanks for bringing yeah, it to crazy. this uh this place here at the end here josh i appreciate yeah, it yeah exactly <laughs> bumming everybody out <laughs> all right everybody Hustle, folks <laughs> there you go Man, where can people follow you online to, to see everything you're up to and everything? Um, I'm on Instagram. It's just, I think it's at Joshua underscore Michael or at Joshua Michael. And that's my Twitter and my Instagram. It's one of those two things. Um, I'm on, I have a Facebook page, acting page that I share a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I can't share there. Um, but you know, in these, these times it's, it's, uh, kind of strange to be posting anything self-promotional. So I, yeah. You know, things have taken a turn, but hopefully when when uh, the world gets back to some sort of normalcy, we'll, uh, I, I can get back to some sort of normalcy as well on, on the posts and whatever. Yeah, it's definitely difficult to try to post things and feel good about it these days. It's so much going on. and uh, But we definitely look forward to seeing your projects. Like that Respect movie looks really good. That, that sounds like something we should really check out when that comes. You said you don't know when that's going to drop, maybe during uh, oh, award season. I think it's... I think it's um it has a uh, Christmas release actually. Oh, okay, so good. I, I think it'll it'll be dropping around on Christmas and maybe a little bit before in um uh, in some other in some regional um regional markets, but I think Christmas is the the national release. That's awesome, man! Thanks yeah, so much. Rock. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on here, Josh. It's been an honor talking to you, dude, and uh, talking about the the impressions you can do and the one that yeah. you're kind of okay about. That's all right too, Bill Cosby. You know. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on it for the next for the next go. <laughs> man, uh, thanks. dude, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. this. Has been awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you on here. I'm a big Walking Dead fan, and like I said, uh, Jared was the the savior I love to hate. You know, you you wanted to hate him, you couldn't wait for him to die, but I kind of enjoyed his time on the show. So. Thank you for bringing Thanks, that character man. to life, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, I had a blast doing it. Thanks again to Joshua Michael. Really fun talking to him. <laughs> it was so much fun doing those impressions and everything like that. And uh, he mentioned his group, Look Mexico. Well, I looked it up. There are some songs on there that I would definitely want to share with you guys. Uh, one here in particular, it's on. Uh, I found it on Pandora. He said he could find it on Spotify as well. On all digital platforms, Look Up, Look Mexico. And this song here is the one he was talking about that's probably the most known. You Stay, I Go, No Following from their album, Too Bad to Battle. I think that's a Vin Diesel quote then, right? He said all his songs for that so this is pretty funny uh it's kind of ironic that i'm playing this song because the song says thank you for absolutely nothing and here i am thanking joshua for coming on the hook is saying thank you for absolutely nothing so irony so here we go here's look mexico joshua michael's group and this is you stay i go no following from their album too bad to battle look them up on digital platforms everywhere and like i said i found this one on pandora but here is the song check it out here on the infinite banter podcast
What up, what up? It's your man Money B from Digital Underground, Raw Fusion, and Money B and Young Hump representing that bay all day. And of course, I cool out and I'm rocking with infinite banter, if you didn't know. Oh. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, Kirk Acevedo says it's time to go, and it is exactly what I'm going to do. For those who don't know, Kirk Acevedo is also another uh, another goon from The Walking Dead. So fitting that I had another goon, one of the great goons, the one and only Joshua Michael, a.k.a. Jared from The Walking Dead. All right, thanks again for everybody who are checking out the show. Really appreciate it. But before I leave, I cannot go without saying happy birthday to my daughter, Melody. She turns one years old on the 15th. I can't believe how much time has passed since she was born, and it's just amazing. If she ever listens to this, if she ever wants to dig into like what this dad do when he's got free time, maybe she'll find this someday and she'll listen to it. But hey, Melody, happy birthday. All right, that's it for the show. Follow me on Twitter at Infinite Banter, Facebook at Infinite Banter, Instagram at Infinite Banter Podcast. There is a YouTube channel. Just search Infinite Banter. You'll see clips from past episodes I've had with different guests and such. And while you're on YouTube, stop by Joshua Michael's YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. I definitely want to check out Josh's Garage and see the progress of that Mustang he's working on. That's really cool that he's doing that to honor his father and finish the car that he was trying to rebuild. Remember, you can listen to Infinite Banter on all digital platforms, the usual places like iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And remember, listen to Infinite Banter on all digital platforms. But if you follow me, I'm always posting where to listen to it. So that's it for this show. I'm going to leave you one more song from Look Mexico. This is a cool instrumental track that he was telling me about. It's called Coming In Hot with a Side of Bacon. So definitely check this one out. Once again, big shout out to Joshua Michael for coming on the show. Happy birthday, Melody. And until the next one, I'm out.